Welcome in everyone to another episode of the XFL Fantasy Central Podcast. I'm your host, Rod Villagomez. You can find me on Twitter at RJ Villagomez. Find the show on Twitter at XFL Fantasy Cast. We've got a number crunch show for you today. We've got Scott Simpson. He is on Twitter at NimbleWNumbers. He's going to talk about his process. He's going to share some of the numbers that he loves so very, very much and how we can actually use them to build our lineups uh, this week and the weeks coming forward in the XFL. Uh, again, if you haven't been following him on Twitter, Twitter, you should. He's an outstanding follow, fun guy. And uh, again, he does the work for you, so you don't have to worry about doing it yourself. If you don't have time like me, uh, it's it's all good. So uh, again, we got Scott coming on, and then I'm going to lead in with a couple of so what's for you. So uh, like I said, great show. We're going to get to it right now. couple of things floating around in the XFL world today, uh, and they both have to do with quarterbacks. So uh, your so what's for the day are going to be quarterback position related. Uh, I feel like it kind of is at this point now. And and look, when you look back at the AAF too, there, uh, and I said this before, and I'll say it every week, there's quarterback news. Uh, I feel like until we get a, a good crop of um second, third year quarterback type situations, we're going to get this. We're going to get the will they, won't they, or uh, how good is this person? Um, are they going to start type stuff going on almost every week until the rest of the season is over. I almost feel like your championship team is going to be the one that kept the quarterback the whole time, <coughs> PJ Walker. Um, but <laughs> but again, I mean, it's, it's just a matter of, of there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of injuries that are sidelining, and now a lot of uh, uh, just quarterback battles that are up in the air. So one of the bigger stories today came out of somebody that everybody's hot on uh, this week, and that's BJ Daniels. And is he going to get the start in Seattle? Who knows now? Because Coach Zorn has made it perfectly clear that he may know who the starting quarterback is, but he won't tell anybody because he wants to keep the quarterback controversy going because he hates you and your fantasy team. Uh, So Coach Zorn, public enemy number one in the fantasy world, because he said that he can't count Brandon out and he doesn't know how much play BJ Daniels is going to get in this mix. Uh, So, I mean, look, I I just don't know uh, what we're looking at as far as uh, a fantasy value for BJ Daniels is going to go this week. I know we'll talk a little bit about it with uh, Scott coming up, but you know, how much of a risk you really want to take on BJ not seeing much action and then being hampered by the fact that he does have to split now uh, the the position with Brandon Silvers coming back in. Um, I don't think Silvers, I guess, did enough to lose his job last week. And I'm, I'm listen, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with a coach you know, standing behind a guy and telling him, look, I got all the faith in you in the world to grow because I've, I've preached before that you can't just cut bait with somebody after a couple of bad games. Uh, and, and we've, what we've seen from silvers again, it wasn't, it wasn't wrecking anything. It just, there was not a lot of spark in that offense and it wasn't all silvers fault, but it wasn't necessarily, he wasn't helping the situation very much. So to, to bring in a BJ Daniels to change a pace guy, that's fine. But what we saw out of BJ Daniels in that second half was actually a little bit more electric than what we saw out of Silvers. So maybe you do give BJ the opportunity to start. Well, guess what? We won't know. And I don't think we will know even going up into the game. So what I say to you, if you are a BJ Daniels guy and you've been looking forward to it and you've already built 15 million rosters around BJ Daniels, this is your warning to slow your roll because you just don't know. I mean, maybe now you cut back a bunch on your BJ Daniels ownership. And look, he was chop licking at his price. 
I get it. Like way discounted than anybody else that you're ever going to see out there that has the starting quarterback potential. But the problem is now we don't know what that ceiling is going to be. We don't even know what the floor is going to be at this point. I mean, we know his legs can get him some stuff. We know that, you know, he, he can complete passes and, and he'll be a, a dynamic quarterback when he's in, but he's got to be in. And at this point, we don't know how much he's going to be in. So you just really have to temper your expectations when it comes to BJ. Um, if you're using him for a main lineup guy, you may want to reconsider. I, I don't know because your build probably had BJ Daniel and every stud receiver and every stud running back on the roster, uh, but are on the slate rather. But you know, at this point now, you don't know. I mean, Silvers could be the guy to take the first few snaps and run away with it. I mean, it may have just been a couple of bad weeks. He may have taken sitting the second half as as a sign that it's time for him to pick up his game and then he could explode. And then we'll never see more than, you know, a couple of, of drives for BJ Daniel to give Silvers a rest. Uh, and, you know, again, that that is very well within the realm of possibility. So, Again, I'm not telling you completely to go off of them. I'm not telling you to, you know, to panic and to to just jettison all your lineups right now. But what I am saying is that be very cautious over the next couple of days as far as what the news comes out, if Zorn even lets any news out uh, as to what he's going to do in this situation. It seems like he's just happy to keep this information to himself and to uh, not tell you and not tell me and really just say to heck with it. So, um Monitor, monitor that situation in in uh, Seattle very, very closely this this coming week, and then you may have to wait until you know the hour before it kicks off. It's a terrible time to have to do it, but you <laughs> you may have to wait uh, until you, you hear anything about uh, you know news coming out of it. So, um, yeah, it's frustrating. Believe me, as a fantasy player, I want to know that that guy has got the start and I want to know he's going to get all the snaps. I don't want to hear this. We may work these guys in in certain situations because then that just means to me that I'm going to have to change directions in my strategy uh, because I don't want somebody who's a part-time person out there. I mean, again, we've seen what he can do, but he's got to be on the field. And if he's not on the field, he can't do that stuff. So, uh, all right. And then the next bit of news is coming out of New York where McGloin is, uh, was a full participant in practice this week, uh, is what we have been reading. And, uh, you know, <laughs> we saw that Luis Perez and I, I, I ate my crow, uh, that he was good enough to get the job done, but he's still not, I mean, he's not good enough, I think to be an explosive quarterback, but here's the thing. McGloin was ineffective as well. So now what are you doing? You're, you're picking between a couple of, uh, you're just sort of going in between two guys that are basically the same numbers wise. Uh, maybe McGloin was a little bit on the lower end of that, but you know, he didn't lose his job. I think is what we're, we're starting to see and that he was a full participant in this week. So that means that there's a very real possibility that McGloin could be taking snaps under center uh, on the weekend, and Luis Perez will be regulated once again to the backup role. Should it happen? I don't know. I mean, to be honest with you, I, I don't like either of those choices. I really don't. I, I think that uh, they'd be better off to let Williams come in and, and do the job. Um, but again, there's these Luis Perez truthers out there that you're going to come attack me. That's fine. I'll take it. I'll take all the slings and arrows until this guy gives a 300 yard and three touchdown performance, uh, to make me, you know, totally eat my words. But until then, uh, I, I still think Williams deserves to be the starting quarterback there, uh, just to see what he can do again. This is like a, a this is a mobile quarterback type situation. We've seen the success of Daniels. We've seen the success of, um, 
of, of uh, Philip Walker. So now I, I think we need that type of mobile quarterback in New York to make everything work. Um, and, and until then, what are you going to do? Uh, but if you, you need to keep an eye on that situation in New York now, because, uh, that could very well ruin a lot of folks that just picked up, um, Luis Perez for last week. And we're hoping to ride him until the end of the season. Uh, that may not happen anymore. And so what you're going to, what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to figure out, uh, which quarterback you're going to roll with. Because if you had Luis Perez without McGloin, um, because you lost a guy like Landry Jones. Uh, now you got to figure out if you're going to, if McGloin is out there, first of all. Uh, and second of all, if BJ Daniels wasn't scooped up, do you get BJ Daniels and get half of BJ Daniels where, you know, McGloin, again, there's so many different ways to have to go with this now. And you have to really start making decisions um, within the next couple of days and keep your eyes on the practice reports to see McGloin's status because uh, all you Luis Perez guys out there. And again, if you, if you've already built all of your fantasy lineups around Luis Perez, uh, once again, you're going to have to go back to the drawing board because you may not have him. And and that's going to, that's going to destroy a lot of builds because Perez again was, was still not that uh, in it or was he, it wasn't that expensive and he made it possible to have a lot of high, high priced folks in there. Um, and now you're going to have to reconsider. Now you may have to redo some lineups. So just keep a side eye on these things, you know? So what? So what? Well, so what BJ Daniels is not going to be the starter quite possibly. Well, now you got to figure out what you're going to do at quarterback. And now maybe all of Seattle's weapons take a, a bigger step down too because of the inconsistency at quarterback. Uh, and then with McGloin practicing, so what? Well, again, now New York's weapons may take another hit. And and these aren't guys that you were rolling out with a whole lot of confidence anyways. But, you know, when you started digging around for value plays or when you start digging around for flex plays, you know, these are the guys, these are the names that you were looking at. The Trey Williams is the, the Jaquan Gardner's, uh, you know, the, the those guys, the the victors. And while Victor, you may be starting with some confidence, but even the Mikael McKay's, right? I mean, these are the guys that you were kind of looking at with, with maybe dart throw, uh, upside potential, but now you really have to evaluate what's going to happen with them when their other quarterbacks come back out of the, uh, off the bench. So, uh, all right, that's a lot to bring to your attention. Uh, I, I, like I said, just keep an eye on those quarterback situations because, uh, they're going to dictate a lot of what you do, especially if you've already built lineups around them. Uh, and you're going to want to for sure, uh, know what the consequences are if you keep them in there. So, uh, all right, we got Scott Simpson coming up. Great segment, great numbers to throw at you, and and a great process. So, uh, yeah, keep it going. If you like numbers, stay put because our next guest is flooded with them. He lives them, he breathes them, and he gives them to us, thankfully, uh, to decipher and to to build our lineups. He is Scott Simpson. He is on Twitter at NimbleWNumbers, and he, my friends, is absolutely nimble. Scott, it's been a long time coming, but welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Red. I appreciate it. And uh, it's a hell of an intro I got to live up to now, so... Uh, you want to dive into the numbers and talk a little bit more about them? <laughs> I do that with everybody. I feel like uh, everyone's like, man, why'd you build me up so much? They're all just going to be disappointed. And I don't think that I think you guys are going to be excellent guests. And uh, yeah, we are, we're about to dive into the numbers, but before we do, Scott, I want you to explain to everybody, because if, if you're so into fantasy football numbers, first of all, how did you get into that world? And it's so everybody else doesn't necessarily have to dig that deep. Yeah, so um, my, in my professional life, I collect data 
and I evaluate. I do a lot of evaluative writing, and it's not very enjoyable. And so this fall, I love fantasy football. I love sports in general. I've been a, a football fan since I was five, and I'm 40. So it's been 35 years of watching every game every day. Um, you know, my mom didn't like me doing it. My wife doesn't like me doing it, but it's what I do. I love it. And so um, when the XFL came around, same same type of thing. I I was just obsessed with the numbers, but uh, sorry, back up a little bit into the in the fall for NFL. I just wanted to start writing for myself. So I started my own website, uh, Nimble W Numbers, which is Nimble with Numbers, just to kind of help me as a processor document what I was doing in fantasy as I played each week and try to learn from from the patterns of of the people who are winning. So I took the lineups of each of the winning GPPs that I put in, and then I, I didn't win any of them, of course, um, but I did okay. And so that kind of just led me into really examining the numbers. And the thing about the NFL is we just kind of assume we know these numbers because they're all out there. The XFL, the numbers were not out there. That was kind of my, one of my gripes I had with the XFL is that they didn't have a, a warehouse, a, a data platform, anything to kind of put this information out. So we've kind of been scrambling. I think we have it set now. We've got a good website that, you know, we've been looking at now, but for a while I was just pulling the data myself and it really made me have to own and understand the data. And, and it just wasn't out there for everyone else to kind of talk about. I had to make it my own. And so I started developing these graphs just to process all that information and to kind of put it out there for myself, but then also for everybody else to kind of see as well. Yeah. And believe me, it, it was clutch and it still is clutch, but I mean, it was clutch in those early days when there was nothing else to go off of. And, and folks like you, and I know John Ferguson, who, you know, is a frequent guest of the show, you guys compiled those stats for us in ways that was easily consumable. And I think, uh, that is where your value lies and that you give us this graph that we can visually see, uh, right in front of us. And then you color code it for dummies like me who look, who, who are looking for easy ways to make make numbers a little more digestible. And so, uh, again, I think we were all appreciative of that and we still are because I still go off of that quite often when I'm putting together my shows and, and, you know, my suggestions and the players that I want to see. Um, but talk a little bit about those graphs and, and cause if you haven't seen one folks go to uh, Scott's Twitter pages at nimble W numbers, uh, and you'll see at least three or four of them right off the jump, but explain those graphs and how we can use those to decipher, uh, what kind of builds we're putting together for our DFS lineups? No, that's a great question. And it's a lot of information to look at. And it takes a long time each week to actually put together. It takes about two or three hours to make sure it all is color-coded correctly. And I do a couple of trial runs to make sure I didn't mess it up. So um, it is complicated. What I try to do is each of the, the highest um, positive score in each category is highlighted bright green. So it just jumps out. Whatever you're looking at. So if you're looking at Cam Phillips, Looking at his top row, he leads the league in yards with 333 yards of receiving yards. Uh, he also gets yards per target lead. He's at 15.9. So that kind of just jumps right away. And then I also color-coded uh, the, the bottom, the brightest, in red. So you can kind of see the first and the worst off the glance if you're not you know, trying to study it too deeply. From there, what I try to do is, in descending from bright to, to, to light shades of ranges. So when you see those green ranges, so if, if we're taking, for example, looking at one of my graphs, target yards, it starts at 333 and that's the brightest and it goes down to about 200. That's Jacob Tolliver at seventh in the league at 200. And then it kind of transitions to yellow. Those are the most consistent receivers that you're seeing in the, in the top green portion of whatever category they're in. That just happens to be yards. So it fluctuates as you kind of jump around, you know, you have somebody like, uh, you know, Rashad Ross is 10th in the league overall in receiving yards, but he only has 10 receptions. So his um, average reception is 18.2 yards. That's a, that's a big reception. It leads the league with Trey McBride. So 
um, you, you kind of have to put uh, all the pieces together. And I think uh, we, we talked a little bit before uh, we started. And the way that we look at this isn't just individually. You can see individual trends on players where it goes from target share from week to week and then kind of compare it to overall target. Uh, you know, somebody like Cam Phillips had a week in week three where he had a 27.77 you know, target share. That's, that's one out of four passes, almost one out of three passes going to Cam. That can't always be sustainable. And then in week four, he dropped to 7.31. So you know, that's a huge range. It's a you know, 20% drop, or at least you know, he lost that percentage points. Um, you can't predict that week to week. But what you can look at is you can look at the Houston offense or you can look at the L.A. offense. And that's kind of where, you know, if you look over, over the last couple of weeks, you see where Spruce led the league in receptions, targets, uh, touchdowns the first two weeks. And then when he was injured, Trey McBride has, has filled in. But then also Jordan Smallwood has crept up there with 14 receptions on 21 targets. He's not a world beater, but you know, that's where you kind of look for those who could potentially break out in an offense. Um, you're going to pay up front for somebody like McBride, you know, who's going to be valued at, I think it's 8,100 on, on DraftKings this week. It's high. But then um, for Jordan, Sw- sorry, that's on, uh, fan- uh, yes, on DraftKings. But then, you know, Jordan Smallwood's going to be a, a little bit cheaper. So you look for those angles when you go into an offense, if they're producing um, consistent. 250 yards of passing it's going to be spread around and la right now kind of has a two-man team whoever is uh, getting the ball Barnes is up there too he's, he's 21st in the league he's not in my my ranking system he kind of just fell below tw- actually he's 22nd behind uh, uh mckay but uh overall you know it, you kind of have to put it into price range and seeing where the value is and, and i'm having uh graphs coming up tonight and tomorrow that'll look at saturday slate and sunday slate and it'll give you that points per dollar value that you get so if you're you're paying up for for, for Parm, okay, well, what's your value? Um, and, you know, last week, those were kind of what I used to build. You know, I, I like to do each lineup with a stack with a quarterback and a receiver. You have to have that to win these days. Um, you need that to kind of go off. And then uh, a high value, you know, Parm or McBride, uh, and then download the value. Um, so the last couple of weeks, Finn Nagel or Holly uh, Tolliver a couple of weeks ago before he got priced up. So it, it's kind of a, a, a musical chairs of guessing where that, that value is going to go from week to week. Um, you have the people like Dan Williams who've been getting it kind of consistently. Um, but the first, you know, that was the, the bookend of, of inconsistency. So we went consistent in week two or week one, and then he fell off and then he came back last week with a lot of targets. So it changes from week to week. You know, he was at overall 22%, still pretty high. So those are people you just want to kind of look at and see who you're, who you're going to put in your lineup. Um, the people who are going to get a lot of targets are, are the people you want consistently. Well, you talked about that value and you talked about Holly coming out and that that's something that I kind of want to go to. You're, we're halfway through the season at this point now. And so names are starting to solidify. Uh, but those outliers, how how do they affect those numbers and how do they affect your uh, build uh, of the consistency of some of these receivers? Because we have started to see a couple of uh, just unexpected performances, again, out of a guy like Holly last week, who up until at this point uh, really hadn't done much. And, and then last week, just completely exploded so what do those outliers do for your formula and how do you compensate for that so i think from week to week you're gonna have to sprinkle in different people and not overlook them and so i think we all as humans are reactionary you look at the prices each week they jump you know depending on if you do well or not you know rashad ross his price has been steadily falling his talent hasn't gone anywhere cardell jones just can't throw the ball to anybody so uh it, it all depends on the perceived value at the time um and this is where it's the chase. And so as people move up in value, prices get a little higher. Look for the people whose prices are going down a little bit. 
you know, people who like Reese Horn, whose prices have kind of hovered, but he's getting, you know, 25 targets in four games. You know, that's pretty good. That's, that's 6.3 targets a game. He hasn't got down the end zone yet, but you know, there's people who they're not pricing up uh, who can be a value, whether, you know, on FanDuel for 14 bucks for Reese Horn or or maybe in the, in the 4,100 range in, in uh, tracking. So, yeah, I mean, and again, when when you're starting to dig around for value and and you're seeing some of these guys that are in there, I mean, the last couple of weeks you had guys like Nick Brissett that were you know the running back out of DC who kind of had a good game uh, in garbage time, and then you know you put him in your lineup in week four and he just suddenly couldn't find any sort of purchase. So um, those numbers that you put out though are so very useful, and and you're right in the fact that it's not it, when you look at them you see who's getting consistent work, and in fantasy. I've said it before and everybody said it before. It's all about volume. It's all about touches. It's all about opportunity. And so if you can find those folks on your graph that are getting that consistency, that are getting that volume, the production will follow. And and you may have a week where that doesn't happen, but then if you stick with it more often than not, it's probably going to pay off for you. Yeah, I agree. And and so I'll give you a scenario where this weekend I'm looking at just as my early bills are going, you know, I want to have a lot of Trey McBride because in the last two weeks, you know, he's led the league in receiving yards. Uh, he's led the league in touchdowns, not counting Kim's, you know, one day that he had. So he's at three. I guess Kim's at four. Actually, he's at three, two in the last two games. So they're tied at three. Uh, so he's come on. His target share went from 24 in week three to 30 in week four. So he, he not that he's going to continue to go to 35 or anything, but you can see there's consistency within that. You know, you're going to get about a 25% target share, hopefully, on McBride. And, and the way I, I kind of ensure that is if, if he doesn't, I'm going to have a few lineups with, with Jordan Smallwood in there because he's the, the person, if they key on McBride, who will benefit from that. Maybe a few Barnes as well. Uh, but my percentage on that might be McBride 75%, Barnes 25, or Barnes, you know, 5, and then Smallwood 20. So as I kind of sprinkle in and, and look at um, how I play my GPP tournaments. So in the NFL, it's really a lot of quarterback first builds. Which quarterback are you going to build from first? Uh, but it sounds like, and what I've maybe experienced in my brief experience here with the XFL is that you kind of want to find out which receiver you're going to play. And and of course, it's been a no-brainer for the first few weeks that it's P.J. Walker and Cam Phillips. But now that that's maybe taken a back seat, and maybe, maybe it'll blow up again next week, maybe it won't. But when you approach your builds, is that the direction you go first or are you quarterback first and looking at the numbers how, how does that work for you yeah so actually the very first thing i do is i do go for the quarterbacks because I, I they're the ones who have the ball in their hand most of the time uh and, and they're the ones who are going to impact the game the most and so when you have somebody like landy jones who's going to throw three interceptions uh even before he gets hurt you know that's gonna that's gonna negatively impact the players uh, a little bit comparatively to somebody like P.J. Walker, who's not going to throw three interceptions. He might throw three touchdowns. Um, and so it, it's not always going after P.J. Walker, but it's, it's looking at who else has the potential to, um, like this week, I think my three quarterbacks are going to be Walker, Johnson, um, and then I really, I love Daniels. I, you know, I, I think there's a lot of value in there. I read P.J. Um, Jack Reason did a little, uh, sorry to plug him, I don't know if, you're in good standing with him. Plug uh, away. But uh, he, he, yes, he's a good man. He, he wrote something for, um, for number fire that just kind of talked about his potential to break out. And I think we all saw it last week. He had 16.4 FanDuel points. Um, you know, his uh, points per dollar is uh, 0.96. So that's, that's not bad at all. That's better than, you know, Cornelius, better than Jones, better than Landry Jones as well. So, 
Um, it's right up there with Tamu. Tamu, how do we say that? Yep, Tamu. You're good. Okay, good. Um, and so you're you're looking at that range. He's he's priced down this week. You know, he's seventeen dollars. So it, that that's an opportunity to kind of have some value and maybe get another um, quasi stud in, in your receiving core. Uh, I think you, you you touched on something that was really important too. Uh, touchdowns, uh, you can't chase touchdowns. That's, we kind of saw that last week with Cam Phillips where he didn't have any. Um, but you can touch, kind of chase the offense and the touchdowns that go with it, not per player, though. Uh, it kind of moves around. And so you, you're kind of guessing each week at which player is going to get that touchdown. So I think that's where you think when you, you know, answer your question about Holly, he, I think everyone's been waiting for him to break out. You saw that potential in that first catch he made over the middle where he was fearless. And you're like, that guy is a great slot. Why isn't he getting the ball all the time? Um, and so now that he had a game where he got targeted, uh, you know, double digits, he, he performed, he did a great job. So you can't predict he's going to break out, but you can always think he's potentially going to have something. So don't leave him out. If, if you're going to do a build, don't just forget him. Um, I don't know how people do all their builds. I like to have a core build, but then from that very, uh, you know, and have those, um, those people like, uh, like last week, it was him. And then I also had uh, Reese Horn and then, um, Dunbar was somebody who's now he's priced up, but uh, a few people who are potentially going to break out thinking about the game script as well. So, yeah. And, and really, again, the, the core build, I think is what everybody, and it, sometimes it's a core build, but it's maybe two or three core builds with a lot of, uh, diversity in that value and in that mid range type of a thing. So, um, I mean, now that's how I approach it. I know that I, I, I don't play a whole lot of lineups. I don't do the 150 max. Um, I'm probably about a 10 lineup kind of a guy, uh, on any given weekend. And, and from there I just sort of mix and match and go. But, um, when you look at the, the quarterbacks in this league though, and this is what's frustrating. Uh, there are only eight of them and there's a definite tier of, of each. And so you do have to find a ways to differentiate because everybody's going to be, everyone's going to have a PJ Walker lineup pretty much. Everybody's going to have right. a, a Josh Johnson lineup. Everyone's going to have a Tom lineup. Um, but after that, it does get kind of dicey. And now BJ Daniels, like you said, that's going to be the name du jour this week, but we also have to be careful with BJ as I'm going to talk about in the show as well. Um, because, you know, Zorn has already said that he doesn't know who's going to start and he doesn't know how, well, okay. Let me take that back. Let me walk that back a little bit. He said he's not going to tell us who's going to start, uh, but he knows that everybody's going to get a chance to touch the ball, and that's got to scare some people. Okay. So I, I, I don't want to – everyone has a bias. Let's just say put it out there. So um, I, I live in the Washington, D.C. area. I was a Redskins fan for a long time before um, I kind of got uh, – yeah, they're the Redskins. They're just terrible. Uh, and so I gave up three or four years ago, just quit. It was great. I feel my, my life is so much better. Fantasy is what I do now. So <laughs> that's my, that's my team. I love stats. I don't have to, I can love the stats. I don't, I don't have to love a, a team, but when Jim Zorn was the coach of the Redskins, he said that uh, in his initial press conference, he was happy to be part of the maroon and black. And so that's, they're the burgundy and gold for those who are not uh, football, you know, aficionados for the Redskins colors. I mean, that's just, he's not somebody who I uh, value his word very much, even though he's not a bad person. He's, I just, he's always had that kind of mad scientist uh, look to him, not really knowing what's going on. So I think you play the best players to give you the best chance. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if, you know, he doesn't move his quarterbacks around a little bit, but if you're not playing Daniels, you're trying to win the game. And ultimately I think that's what he's smart enough to win the game. I think, or try to win the game. I hope. 
I'd like to think um, so. I think BJ Daniels I, is just, I mean, I, I agree with everybody on Twitter. It's just chop licking. There's no way that you couldn't see that there was an improvement in the offense once he get in there, right. once he got in there. Well, and, and he, he, they weren't prepared for him. I know that this week, if I'm sure they're preparing to, to have him be the starting quarterback, I don't know why you wouldn't prepare for him not to be. Um, but I, I think that, he presents something that defenses, they don't, we haven't seen this really, you know, uh, PJ Walker can move in the pocket. He can move around. He's run for a couple touchdowns and uh, you know, one of the touchdowns is beautiful, but uh, he doesn't, that's not what he does all the time. You know, he's not, uh, he wants to throw the ball downfield uh, and he wants to, to kind of create space so he can do that. And so he's a lot of times outside the pocket, moving around, very active. I, I love watching him, um, but he's not trying to run all the time and uh, he's not doing RPOs all the time either. And so this presents a new opportunity you know, um, I think the running backs for Seattle are, are excited to be able to kind of get that extra defender, that step on that defender, whether, you know, going to the outside or they're going inside, you know, that matters. That one second, that one little hesitation matters. So I, I'd play him 90% of the time if I was Zorn, but they don't, they don't pay me. <laughs> they don't pay <laughs> they don't any pay. of us. <laughs> no, I don't, they don't give me a set. These graphs are for free. <laughs> uh, so, okay, let, let's talk about that because the, the running backs you had just brought up, and, and I think uh, that is an area where I want to spend just a little bit of time because it's difficult to differentiate, I think, in lineups when it comes to running backs. So when we use your graph to pick these running backs that are not the Patricks and the Davion Smiths and the guy, you know, the guys that get the... Who are some of these guys that you think are due for um, some sort of a breakout based on their their numbers that just may have been squashed so far due to whatever you know a bad quarterback or bad play calling that that might fix itself in the next week or so. You know, I, I mean, I'm going to ride or die with this because you know I am a little DC bias, like I said. But Denell uh, Pumphrey this week has an opportunity. You know, he saw some targets last week. You know, he had 32 receiving yards. So. Um, yeah, 8.1 points isn't a lot, but, you know, he's had 9.3, 5.7. So I think there's potential there. I, I, I do think Seattle's going to win the game. and or Sorry, St. Louis is going to win the game, and I think they're going to, you know, I, I think they're going to win it maybe by, you know, a touchdown. I don't know. And maybe a two-point conversion, an eight-point, I don't know. A bunch of new, new different uh, point conversions. But, you know, I think that they're going to have to play from behind. And um, I don't know who's their quarterback going into that, you know, playing from behind. I don't know if Cardell Jones just plays terrible and they get, he gets pulled. Um, but I think Pumphrey's going to be on the, on the field. And I think he's going to get targets. So I, you know, my projection for him this week is, you know, maybe five targets and maybe 40 yards. And if he gets one and he goes, he, he's got the, the speed to kind of get around the edge. So that's somebody who at 13 bucks on, on FanDuel, he's not going to set you back a lot. He doesn't have to be part of your, you know, building every one of your lineups you can kind of jump around and, and that's kind of what i try to do is find a few of those value plays so i'm not stuck on one because value plays are value plays they're they're, they're not as uh, you know off to go off as those uh, more consistent players so yeah that's kind of why i like to give value plays uh more often than not because then i can always fall back on the hey man i'm just giving you a chance that the guy's gonna have a maybe he has a good day maybe he doesn't if he doesn't i just warned you so <laughs> yeah i like to give myself that well, out yeah, and last week, two weeks ago, I did uh, predict Parham in in, uh, in my breakout, which is great. You know, you want, but yeah, it, it's going to change week to week, and we're gonna we're always chasing it. That's the that's the the, the quest, uh, the excitement that kind of drives us all. And that kind of tucking into the numbers for me is where I kind of find that okay, th- I don't want to rely on anybody else anymore. And that's kind of my process is that I can listen to everybody else and and kind of learn from everybody. I'm not uh, saying that I have no room to, to grow, but I want to own the numbers myself because then 
I, I've actually been looking at my graphs more than, you know, I used to pull up other people's graphs or I'd, I'd screen grab from Twitter, uh, a cool graph in the NFL target share graph from like JJ Zacharies or something. I'm like, Oh, it's so cool. I can just do it myself now. And, uh, I don't mind sharing because I think it just makes us all more educated to kind of see where players are, are trending, um, and kind of reading those trends from week to week. And one thing we haven't talked on, uh, and, and maybe I don't know how much time we have, but, um, maybe a whole nother discussion it's looking at the time of possession and, and kind of seeing, you know, where, you know, where the, the value is from game to game, who's consistently running the ball more, you know, which is, you know, St. Louis is, is running the ball more, who's passing the ball more Houston and Dallas pass at almost a 70% rate. So those kind of things inform my picks as well. So that's why you look at Holly. He's somebody who I, I, I have the potential breakout. I didn't pick him. I actually picked uh, Mobley to break out, but one of those guys had the potential Sammy Coates hasn't done anything, so we're not picking him anymore, um, which I'm sure which means he'll break out this week. Um, but, yeah, it's just kind of how it goes. Um, but there's value to be had targets that, that Walker distributes. So it's kind of looking at quarterback, like you said, and then it's going to go to have to throw to somebody. <laughs> so kind of where can you zig and zag? Well, if everybody's going to go Cam Phillips, you know, people last week who won, they had Nick Holly. They didn't have Cam Phillips. So. Yeah, that's true. I know because I had Cam Phillips and I didn't win. So uh, me too, me uh, too. Yeah, me too. I lost it. I lost it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's, it's sad because I, I thought you know, and I even I even told myself, and I think I may even said it in in an episode of the show early on in the week. Um, I, I alluded to the fact that this this might be the week that it all collapses for Walker and Phillips, and that you know, no more. Uh, this this is not the week to stack them, but. I just, when I was building, I looked at it and I said, I can't be on the losing end if this does blow up again. So let me roll out one of these and we'll see how this works. And yeah, it didn't. So, <sighs> well, yeah, well, I, well, in, in, um, the XFL news hub, Alex McKinnon does a, um, expert survey. And so the previous week I had faded Kim Phillips because I didn't think he could do three touchdowns again. Uh, and he did, and I was just like, oh, man, what a brutal fade. He's got like 35 fantasy points or whatever. So uh, this week I did hedge my bets, and I did say Cam and Walker. But then I also said, but really, McBride and Johnson. That's who I, I put that as a little caveat, which kind of covered me. I, I Same thing as you did. You, you don't want to look dumb. Um, but then also you're like, but where is that value? And so last week it was McBride. It was Johnson. It was Holly. And if you're picking you know, a couple of those guys, you had good chances to cash especially if you're doing a 50, 50 or heads head to head or you double up. So, yeah, yeah, I actually, so I did pretty, I did okay on FanDuel. I didn't necessarily do as well as I could have, but, uh, and I wasn't five points away from 25 K this week, but, uh, it was close. It was good. It was, ooh, ooh. yeah, yeah, well, that, that's good. Well, I'm not sure if you saw my tweet, but I, uh, I went to a brewery on Sunday and I had max entered, uh, one of the FanDuel, you know, thousand dollar contests and, and I had, I didn't have time to put my lineups in. So I had one lineup for about 90. Uh, I just put it in real quick and that won me 25 bucks. So, you know, you just, when you're not prepping, you do the best. Sometimes you micromanage yourself and you're just, you know, but then when, when you get, you know, I picked McBride, you know, I had Holly. I, so, you know, that, that's kind of where sometimes when you really get down to it, like you said, maybe 10 is better than 150 because you can isolate. This is my, these are my guys. So I think that's the quest every week. Who are your guys? Um, I'm not going to reveal who my guys are yet, but I think it's really good. Maybe some of them have already been shared in the podcast. I'm not sure, but, um, I think it, it, it's always good to kind of start that discussion each week and kind of see where it leads us and, and not try to get on the group think, but then also, um, you know, use what people are saying to, to kind of steal a little bit here and there. 
And that's, and that's something that I think is important too. So you do all the research, but don't research while you're building the lineup. Research and then look. And th- because I think this is what's going to work for me better because I think the, the first three weeks, I've actually sat there, you know, with the charts, with the line, with everything sitting in front of me. I think this week, I'm just going to, yeah. I'm going to do the research. I'm going to allow myself to look at this with no other numbers around me and just sort of build yeah. based on what I remember and what my research has taught me up until that point. I think that's a, that's a good plan. I think that your, whatever your process is, and it always can be flexible and it can change. I think that taking away, you know, a reflective piece from it to, to kind of add on to the next week to improve it is kind of my goal in all of this, you know, even talking with you and even, you know, read everything I read on Twitter all day and all the stuff I'm making, it's all kind of this, uh, forming, you know, we're all getting better and getting smarter. So, uh, this is this has been outstanding. I really I appreciate this uh, this invite. Oh yeah, well look out for season two, man. We're we're all gonna have our our craft honed by then, and then it's just gonna, man. I, I can't even wait for season two. I kind of want to fast forward through the rest of this so we can get to the good stuff. But I, I love the building of it. Yeah, you're right. It, this is this has been such a fun community, and and now we're both XFL News Hub writers, and we're yeah. both inside Celci uh, uh, participants. I, I was gonna I was gonna ask if if that was if we were allowed to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, let's do cool. it. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I did put a video out. I'm not sure if you saw it before my wife made me take it down <laughs> off the internet. Um, uh, which, you know, fair game. Um, she, my wife was sick. I asked her if she could come down and shoot the video. She said, no, I'm not shooting you chugging a, a seltzer downstairs, whatever. And I said, fine. That's, that's fair enough. I asked my six-year-old to come help me. Uh, she, she's going to be a YouTube star one day, so she's going to see way worse than that. I'm not even worried about it. Um, so she she did. She, was, she did a great job. Um, but my goal is not to lose at all. And so I put that video out there just to show everybody what I'm capable of. I'm capable of spilling a lot of it as I, I put the key in. That's really important. And then when you open it, a lot spills out too. So, yeah, it's not my first rodeo. Uh, I've, I've, I've done this before. So this is going to be great. I, I'm so excited. So for those of you not in the know, uh, go search the hashtag, hashtag Inside Celsies. Uh, we have formed... Insider. Insider. Insider Celsies. Look at I got this. Insider, yeah. Yeah, don't search Inside Celsies. <laughs> Who knows what you'll find. Insider Celsies. Uh, we formed a group uh, amongst a bunch of us. I know it was a top XFL informer was the guy that started it. And uh, yes. yeah, people have been jumping on left and right. We got new members almost every Every single day of people that are we're picking games, folks, and the the bottom two, and I think it's the bottom four because we have so many people. Got to make a video of us chugging a uh, uh, Bud Light seltzer, uh, a flavor of your choice. In fact, I almost feel like we should start assigning the losers flavors. Uh, yeah, I think so too. The mango people should have to drink that garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. So, uh, so anyway, so yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's part of that community that we've been building. And, um, you know, if you want to get in on it, we're, we're, we're taking votes daily, I suppose, as to who wants to do it. I think, I think, of course, I think that the criteria is that you, you love the XFL and that you, this is kind of part of what you want to be a part of and in a good way. You well, know. and you, I think we, I think we said that you have to be producing some sort of content for the yes, XFL. Of course. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, not, not that. That's kind of a given. I'm sorry. It's insider meaning that you are. There's a radio show I listen to in, in Washington D.C. Shout out the sports junkies. They're, they're awesome. They play this, this, um, the soundbite, this drop that just goes radio insider. Whenever they talk <laughs> about kind of radio stuff or podcast stuff, whatever it is, you know. Um, and so that's kind of what it is. It's everybody who is covering it, writing about it kind of professionally, I guess I should say, in a way. Yes, sir. Um, or just being a WWE star who loves it. I think that might be his only credential. Uh, no, he's got a podcast. 
He's got a podcast. Oh yeah, it's podcast. Okay, it's podcasting. Yeah, yeah that's true. I'm sorry. He's legit. Okay, no, he is. AJ's no, legit. And he does, and he's doing DFS stuff as well. Yep, yep, with FanDuel. So, are you, are you in those? Tra- yes, of course. I'm. I'm sorry. No. So yeah, everybody so far, I've I've loved it. They've been great. I'm I'm hoping I don't have to chug. That's why I did my videos to be like, hey, if I don't have to chug, I can do it. <laughs> I'm gonna try to do better than my one in three week last week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I mean, my my favorite was the uh, notes times noakes. Is that how we're doing that? Is oh that, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he, he he chugged a 24 ounce uh, strawberry, and it was impressive. And I, I gave it a 9.4. I, I do a little insider <laughs> selfie scoreboard. If, if you're going to chug it, I'm going to grade you. I'm going to talk about the good, and the, you know, the funny and whatever it is. So he. he he chugged it and then he crushed it. You know, yeah, it was good content. It was nice. Yeah. You got to Yeah. So yeah. Follow the hashtag. See all the madness that, that follows with it. We we're gift masters. We're just, we're having a good time. And I think, uh, I think if you want to enjoy it week to week, that's, that's definitely something to do. But, uh, Scott, I tell you what, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. I think that the the listeners have gotten such a, a great look inside your head, and and if they follow you on Twitter, which they should, um, you know they're they're going to get a lot more than that week to week and day to day. So, and it's going to probably show up in a lot of people's builds, and it's going to show up in a lot of people's uh, green at the end of the week. So, uh, give them one more opportunity. That's my hope. Yeah, it's everybody's hope, but uh, give them one more opportunity yeah. to to find you on social media uh, and tell them where you're. Yeah, so no, I'm I'm writing for at the uh, XFL News Hub. It's a great site. You should definitely check it out. They've got content daily, breaking news all the time. Um, and then I, I'm writing for them, uh, and so my work is there under Scott Simpson. And then well, it might be Jesse. So Jesse is uh, a name I go by in my my real life, but uh, Scott's my middle name. So for uh, all things fancy, it's Scott. So um, I write for them, and then I do Nimble with Numbers at nimblewithnumbers.com just for myself, and I'm. I'm going to pick back up doing NFL and do writing for NFL in the next year. So right now nothing's on there, but eventually there'll be DFS because I'm, I'm addicted. It is just the best thing for uh, a sports football head to be into. It's got gambling. It's got players. It's just, uh, it's, I can't, I mean, it's my favorite. If you live in a state that you, you're listening to this podcast and it's not legal, I'm just so sorry for you. I mean, I literally, I do cry for you. It makes my heart sad. I'm praying for you. Absolutely. And then, of course, follow him on Twitter <laughs> at NimbleWNumbers. I know I just I, I wouldn't even imagine a world without it. I wouldn't have this podcast oh, without so it. Oh, sad. Yeah. No, it's the worst. It is. I think it's Arizona. It's Arizona. It's one of them for sure. Uh, we're sorry, Arizona guys. That's why people probably don't listen to us. In fact, I, I think I don't have any listeners in Arizona, so I think we're good. Oh, man. I mean, I, but that's where the, the fantasy footballers are from, so I don't know what they're doing. Are they... Are they like using IP addresses from Canada or something on the dark webs? To, VPNs. I'm not, VPNs. I'm not going to make, I love those guys. You know, they, they, they're the best. Uh, we can get into it another time that they're, you know, whatever. Absolutely. All right. Well, Scott, thanks for joining the show. And uh, this will Rob, not be the last so time you're on and we're, we're, we'll have you back again. I appreciate it, Rod. Thank you so much. And it's been an honor, sir. Have a great rest of your podcast. And we finish yet another episode of the XFL Fantasy Central Podcast. Want to thank you for listening. Want to thank Scott Simpson at Nimble with W Numbers. W, at Nimble W Numbers on Twitter. Uh, you know, 
you want to say the W is a is a with, but yeah, at Nimble W Numbers on Twitter. Make sure you follow him and just learn and and absorb that wealth of information that he has, uh, especially when it comes to the numbers and the graphs. Because, like I said, it's helped me. In fact, it helped me that week that I almost won. Uh, <laughs> I, I want you on Twitter to tell me, stop talking about that, because I will. It's like a bad beat in poker. I was reading that today on Twitter. Uh, you only remember the bad beats. You don't remember the good stuff. You remember the bad beats, and that was a bad beat. So, uh, Anyways, it helped me that week to, to be a winner, and it's helped me every week so far to help me build my lineups and, and stay in the green just about every week. So it's going to help you, and hopefully it'll help you more than it's helped me, because you'll be able to win, uh, put together ridiculously awesome lineups with it. So uh, again, huge thank to Scott. We'll have him back for sure. Uh, but yeah, all right, lots, lots of stuff to digest. So I'm going to let you get to it. Uh, I really appreciate you spending time and uh, listening to the show. And until next time, we'll see you tomorrow.